You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method. I specialize in goal setting simplified and event outcome optimization. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So to get, I bring my people. Every Sunday night, I leave the goal chat Twitter chat. And then on Monday, I bring in three friends to dive deep into the topic. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of The Dev Show. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we are glad you are here and choosing your goals. And my theme this month is networking. And we can't talk about networking without really the important part, which is referrals and recommendations. So I brought together this wonderful group today. I've got Wanda Allen, who is the follow-up strategist extraordinaire. We have Melody Johnson, who is the course consultant extraordinaire, and Laura Leach, who is the get people hired career coach extraordinaire. Did I modify you all very well and easily? Sure. Awesome. Um, well, welcome. I'm really glad you're here, and I would love for you all to take a minute and introduce yourselves. Um, I would say better, but introduce yourselves. And Wanda, let's start with you. Welcome. Great to see you. All right. Thank you. Well, I'm Wanda Allen and my company's follow-up sales strategies. And I'm an international speaker and a coach, and I specialize in the area of follow-up. It's an area that in general people really struggle with for a variety of reasons, but it is the number one activity that will increase sales. So I teach and coach and speak uh, and help everyone I can improve their follow-up skills. And why do you think it's such a challenge for people? Fear. I think that's the number one, right? There's just a lot of fear around following up. Fear of um, being pushy, fear of not knowing what to say, fear of being uncomfortable, fear of rejection. I mean, there's a slew of fears. That's the heart of the matter. But they always call it something else. I'm too busy. There's something more important. I'll do it later. But the real issue is fear. Got it. And get rid of that fear. And then you're golden, right? Yeah. That's okay. Right. Well, maybe not. You need to learn some other things, but we're going to talk about what those things are today. Um, great to see you and really happy to have you here. Melody, uh, please share who you are, why you're here and why you love this topic so much. Yes. Deb, thanks so much for having me. My name is Melody. I'm the founder of The Course Consultant. I help aspiring and scaling membership owners grow with referrals and retention. And so I'm really excited to talk about this topic because a lot of membership owners 
are not using word of mouth referrals enough. And so if we want to fill our coaching programs, our certification programs, our memberships with perfect fit clients, word of mouth makes the most sense. It's also the most cost effective if we look at long-term recurring revenue growth. And what I think a lot of people miss out on is leveraging that word of mouth with not only their members, but also some colleagues and clients that can easily refer them to the right fit for their audience. So I'm really excited to dive into this topic. Well, great to have you here and welcome, welcome. And Laura, uh, how are you doing? Who are you? Why are you here? Uh, hi. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Laura Leach, and I'm a certified career coach and owner um, of Meredith Consulting. Um, I help mature women in technology build so- self-confidence, simplify the process of transitioning to a career with a purpose, and teaching them how to create clear and actionable job search strategies. And the biggest piece that why I'm here is the networking piece and the referral piece. Um, Four out of six people get their jobs or wherever you get your stats from, four out of six get it by referral. Um, And most people are just afraid to ask. So I'm happy to be here and share um, my methodologies as well as learn from the group. I really like having you pick up that career piece of it because it's you need referrals and recommendations for everything. It's for the products that you buy, the things that you sell, the services, but also for going into a new business relationship, which is basically what hiring is all about. So I love that you're here and we're going to have, we're going to have fun because, well, if we don't have fun, why are we here? Um, And what I really want to start with is, is there a difference between referrals and recommendations? And if so, what is it? Uh, Wanda, what do you think? Well, to me, a referral is a lead. So, and a a recommendation is to me, as I see it, is like a testimonial, you know. um, But when you have a referral, that is something that can, you can take action on immediately. So for me, that's a differentiator. Love it. And what do you think, Melody? I think of referrals just similar to what you were saying um, as someone who makes a a connection, whether that's through email, through social media, um, or in person, uh, or even over the phone. And then a recommendation, I generally think of someone who maybe is actually uh, promoting uh, somebody. So for example, I'm immediately thinking of LinkedIn recommendations. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But um, I think that's an interesting question. I think uh, it really depends on your industry and the wording that people use. Got it. And Laura, from your part of the world? Yeah, similar, right? Um, a, referral is, a referral is going to be the connection that you're, you're making and the recommendation is the testimonial. Um, but you also can, you also see it differently outside of, uh, of, you know, the career coaching world and recommendations, recommending, recommending, recommendations um, for anything from, from tools to programs to resources. Um, So I think it could be used in both, you know, in my world, as well as um, in the, in business to business, not just business to consumer. And so, For the purposes of this conversation, should we be using them interchangeably or do you think we need to separate them out? 
I think they can be used interchangeably. I don't think that there's one for me. I don't think um, to me, more of a recommendation is a testimonial, but I also believe from a business to business perspective, when we recommend a tool we might use or a system we might use or a company that you favor or one or the other, um, I find that those can be used more in business to business. Got it. Um, any additional thoughts on this, Wanda or Melody? Um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> can we use the term referral and recommendation interchangeably for the purpose of this conversation? Or do we need to draw that line? I think that um, I, I think it's one or the other for me, um, because referral is just it's kind of a standalone you know, and, and we know what it is and we know what we need to do with it. So for me, they're, yeah, they're, they're soul and separate. Okay. And Melody, do you have a vote as well? So I think this is an interesting question, Deb, because you've really had me stumped. Good job on stumping me. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> so when I think of, uh, in the vein of what Wanda was saying, I think of a, a referral as a trackable lead from the, the B2B space, where I think of a way that I can say, I attribute this sale or I attribute this quote unquote lead um, as someone who was referred to me through this channel. Uh, and then when I think of a recommendation, I think perhaps it may not be necessarily attributable, meaning maybe it was just uh, someone who said, I really appreciate what Melody is putting out there. I recommend joining her show or I recommend going here. And that may not always be attributable to a specific uh, you know, relationship that we've formalized. So because you can have a formalized referral program where you have things that are attributable to a specific source, or you might have an informal kind of word of mouth where it's someone who does not have a formal relationship with you. And you're just having someone say, I really found this really valuable. Now we could formalize it, people might hop from one step to the other step. Um, and I think that's what's the beauty of the uh, a formal referral program is that you can attribute it. So that's what I think of immediately as, as you were saying. So I think, you know, it's an interesting question, Deb, for sure. Well, okay. So we will think in terms of referral is an introduction or some sort of personal connection. And in a recommendation in Laura's world, it's probably a little bit of both. But there's also recommendation in terms of testimonial. So, yes, I confused you all and myself on purpose. Thank you. You're welcome. So, let, but since it's really, I will ask the next question because we can kind of lump them both together and then we can separate it out a little bit. But what makes you want to refer or recommend someone? Laura? Yeah. Um, it, well, if I'm referring someone, I feel like I'm making that personal connection and I may even go to the extent um, of um, of making that warm introduction and creating a warm introduction. So that connection has a, 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 a positive pathway um, from a recommendation, um, you know, I, I think of testimonials on LinkedIn, but then I also think and maybe I'm hungry, but I think, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would, wouldn't refer somebody to my sushi restaurant, but I would recommend them to it. 
So I wouldn't refer somebody to a specific tool, but I would recommend that they might incorporate it in their business. So that's kind of how I see the difference of those two. Um, I don't know if that just answered your question or it just went off to sushi and I was hungry. <laughs> well, as you know, any food reference on my show is more than welcome. So okay, okay. good job. Uh, what do you think, Wanda? Well, for me to give a referral, I have to have confidence. You know, I, I just won't do it because it's an extension of me. And so um, it's very pointed when I'm giving a referral. A recommendation is just kind of more general. It, it's it's softer. And so I don't, not that I don't take it seriously, but I, I don't look at it as near the extension of me as I do a referral, you know, because if, if you refer somebody and they don't handle it appropriately, that's not good. It's not a good look. Um, and then you may think, well, why did you refer them? <laughs> And so that's why I say I'll, I always have to have the utmost confidence when I refer somebody because it's about reputation and image. And, and I just don't ever want to tarnish that. So but I'm looser on the recommendation. Because also sometimes things are subjective. You know, Laura might love a particular restaurant, mm -hmm. but not everybody is going to love that restaurant. Yeah. And so there, there is also uh, the subjectivity aspect when it comes to recommendation. I think we're, we're, we're really delving into the science of go us. Uh, Melody, what do you think? What makes you want to refer or recommend someone? Yes. Okay. So um, there's actually a really great uh, statistic on this. And I'm so glad you, you brought this question. Um, when it comes to, let's just start with recommendations. 89% um, of consumers who have a positive customer experience will actually promote or recommend that service. And they're more likely to make another purchase. And that's a Salesforce um, quote there. And I think that in terms of recommendations, obviously, if you've had a good experience, whether it's a restaurant, uh, a, a program that you've taken, maybe it's some sort of additional skill training that you received, or maybe you've had a service that was completed, and you really just want to recommend. And there's no nothing really in it for you besides saying, hey, if you're wondering how to where to get your car oil changed, I had a really good experience with this place, right? So I think that, you know, positive customer experience, is a really obvious, easy way to just say, hey, just a resource for you. You see it all the time on Facebook if you're just asking recommendations, right? And then if we're looking into a professional relationship, maybe a referral, we're going to stick with that possible definition there. Then I think when we're looking at that, we can actually start looking at, okay, who is the best fit for this referral? So what I like to do is when I help my membership owners and other clients and students, I ask them, you know, um, what is the overall customer journey for this person? And how can we really help people see the value of what you're offering and who's the best fit? And I think if you can answer that question, and whether on either side, you can really get the right person fit into that sort of service or product or program. And so we really want to start seeing these types of relationships where we can really serve and support our clients and students or or any of our colleagues in a way that's going to be a win-win for both. And you're making a, 
an even better point than you think you are because there's there's so much competition out there or what people think is competition. But when it comes down to it, everybody is unique and you could know 10 people who do the same thing, but not all of those 10 people are going to be the right fit for a particular customer. Yes, I'm going to just... I love what you just said, because I often will ask people because I also have my own show and I'll say, okay, so we're going to lead with you're going to talk about branding, right? Or you're going to be talking about career coaching. What's your unique spin on this, right? What sets you apart? What's your framework? And then from there, I actually craft a message for them in our conversations, in our talks, so they can help promote these people because it's truly going to be a win-win for both of us. And I think that's what I always seek in collaborative partnership, just like we're doing right now. How can we find the win-win for all these other organizations, people, and businesses so that we're not just seeking a win-lose or a lose-win. It's going to serve both people and all of our audience. And I I like to add another win to that because you want the win-win for the people you introduce. But when you do a good introduction, it's a win for you as well. So we got win-win-win going on. <laughs> yes, I love it. So let before we go back to recommendations, because I feel like that's going to be a deeper rabbit hole, let, let's sidetrack over to um, recommendations or testimonials. What is a good, does somebody have, or who wants to jump in first? Uh, how do you write a good testimonial or recommendation or review? Um, I can jump in. So I'm going to take it from the career coach perspective, right? So when, um, um, as a business owner, right, testimonials of their experience um, of either maybe one specific um, experience that they had with me or um, or something about the program or they're just recommending me overall. When I think about um, test, when I think about uh, that to me is testimonials of what I've done, of how I've helped them, how I've made a contribution, how I've changed them or helped transform them. When I think about testimonials and the way that I teach it with my clients is if we're going to give a, if, I mean, a recommendation, if we're going to give a recommendation, let's say to a prior colleague or somebody that we've worked with, I like to um, break it down into some of my top strengths and skills and ask a recommendation around one, uh, one or each of those individually and separately. And the reason being is one person you might have worked on a project with, one person you were the lead on a project and the more of the communicator, maybe there was one that you were um, saw you, um, you know, in a presentation way. So each one of those uh, recommendations could highlight a strength of yours or a characteristic of yours to help kind of better frame up um, who you are. And I think that really does help uh, build your own personal brand as you are creating that either on the online space or as you're in your career. Okay. Yeah. It makes complete sense, but I, uh, what I'm curious about, is this from the person who is asking for the recommendation or is it from you writing a recommendation for someone? I think both. Um, for me, I actually um, encourage my clients to reach out to that person 
and ask them to be very specific. Hey, remember when we worked on this project and you did this and I did this? Happy to write a recommendation around that specific strength of yours. And it would be great if you can frame up the strength that you saw me in this particular area. Um, it makes a well-rounded person. Also, a lot, oftentimes when we get recommendations, uh, they tend to be pretty vanilla. Um, I highly recommend this person. It would be a great per asset to your team. It, it is pretty vanilla. So if we can get really specific and prescriptive when we're in our ask, um, we have an opportunity to create um, and, and, and weave in an actual story or a little bit of a branding story um, that people can see and, um, and interpret how they want to interpret. Oh, okay. I like that. That works for me. Uh, what do you think, Wanda? I think that the best recommendations or testimonials are results, um, a results description. I was going to say results, results oriented, because when somebody says my sales doubled within, you know, six months after learning Wanda's system, that's a attention grabber, you know, and, and because we want other people to read the testimonials or the recommendations, right? It, it's, it's a marketing tool for us who gets them. And so those are my favorite. And when I write a testimonial or recommendation, I, that's the first thing I think of, is there any re hard results that I can put in this, uh, in this recommendation that I think just makes it beefier rather like what Laura was talking about, the fluff, you know, when it's just real, or she was, I think she called it vanilla. It's just real soft, <laughs> and a lot of fluffy words. And, you know, it's not really, I mean, they're nice words, but I don't think it's ideal in our ideal world. If we had that ideal recommendation mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and another thing I do, because I do ask for recommendations regularly is, you know, of course, um, giving them a couple ideas, what they can talk about when they're writing the recommendation. And I always say, you know, a sentence or two would be great. If they think they have to write three paragraphs, they're not going to do it. And so you make it as easy as possible for the person writing it uh, because it just increases the likelihood that it'll get done. That's true. Uh, I remember uh, when my book was coming out, one of the directives from my publisher was, you know, get get some early reviews to put in the inside book cover. And I think it was very specific, said two or three lines would be perfect. And some yeah. people write more, but to start with that expectation, right? Yes. And the other thing is if it's long, people aren't going to read it, right? Because everyone's in a hurry and they don't have time. They're not going to read a two paragraph. And I'm being a little extreme here, but you, you, you know the point I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, short, succinct, to the point, and that I think that's the most effective. But you have to guide the person there. Yes, absolutely. And Melody, what is your take on this? Yeah, I, I love what both uh, Laura and Wanda said. I would add that I think that depending if we're looking at a B2B type of situation, um, and in some cases, maybe even B2C, that different buyers will need different information to make a purchase decision. So we might have someone who's very logistical and wants to see the results up front. And then we might have a buyer who maybe says, I need the emotional confidence in this person because I'm going to be working very closely with them. 
to decide if I'm going to invest. So for instance, that might look like I was able to have the confidence to take this next step versus, you know, maybe someone who maybe is only deciding on the facts. And maybe it's a layering of both. You know, you have both and it's not an if or, it's both. And um, I also think that it's important to kind of consider, you know, what what do you like to, you know, for people who maybe are starting a new program or a new service or a new offering, maybe you don't have those big flashy data yet. And so you can kind of layer on um, those kinds of testimonials as you receive new information, because sometimes it takes a while to implement to get those results, or you need to have more established people to actually have those results versus maybe someone who's just starting. So I love this question. And I think it's important to kind of consider all buyer types, not just maybe just one. And as because of what you do, you are always interacting because you've got the people in your program and then they have the people that they're reaching out to. Right. So they're like clients by association by association. Right. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's I have I have relationships with people who are just exclusively partners where it's just purely a referral relationship. We have no sort of relationship where they have purchased from me, but because I have served them and I've served their audience, they have the confidence to be able to refer me. And then I also have relationships with my clients and students where they say, I loved what you've done. I see the results that you offer. I'm going to refer you because we've had this ongoing relationship. So relationships isn't just only a formalized process. It can also look like colleagues who maybe are going to earn a commission formally, or maybe it's just, you know, someone who really believes in the values of what you have, you see them in similar circles, and you offer a complimentary service or a product that you're not specifically helping them. So I love that kind of collaborative relationship as well, because it really does help. Again, we talk about the win, win, win. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And and I had a guest a couple of weeks ago, and actually two guests, um, who left the show and one wrote a LinkedIn testimonial and one wrote one for um, my podcast on, on iTunes. And it was, first of all, it was wonderful, pleasant surprise, but I don't think every, well, how do I say this without it being a quadruple negative? Not everybody, um, recommendations can go anywhere. They're not just for LinkedIn and they can be used in a lot of different places. Yes, absolutely. Um, any other thoughts on where else one might find a recommendation, Wanda? Uh, when you say find one, what do you mean? Well, what we think of when we think of testimonials, the first oh. place we think of is LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I think websites are a great place to put um, testimonials and recommendations, um, marketing materials, proposals. Right. Because once you have those nice words, you can use them anywhere. They're marketing tools. That's what a testimonial is, in my opinion. Oh, I, I agree. Thoughts, Melody, Laura? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I like to do is uh, like websites. Um, there's also um, you, you can use other social media to showcase that like Facebook pages and have those reviews there. Um, many of the social platforms have some sort of review capabilities where it will show like 
you know, Google, for instance, your reviews are, are very important for people, when, especially when they're searching maybe a local business um, or, you know, a, a business that services like large numbers of people. They're, they're really going to look for those reviews to decide if they like, for instance, I have a I go to a pet groomer. And we were talking about dogs earlier today <laughs> before the show. And I looked at the reviews. That was the first thing that I took a look at. What was the, the ratings on the reviews? What were the feedback? And then I also look at the poor reviews as well, just to decide if I want to invest my time in actually scheduling an appointment. So I was really fortunate to find a, a, someone who gave my dog the, the superior treatments that, that she deserved. And so reviews definitely took into consideration that same thing for Yelp or you know other types of uh, review-based platforms that really focus on that as a primary means of helping other businesses generate revenue. Really good point. Uh, Laura, anything to add? Um, I know I echo what um, Wanda and Melody have said. I think, um, you know, testimonials, um, you know, people want empirical evidence and people want to do the research. They want to learn what other people's experiences are from um, from building our own business, um, building an online business. We get a chance to use these testimonials in all different kinds of ways, as we just talked about from a marketing perspective. But, um, you know, people, it's the no like, and trust factor. And it just kind of helps feed into that, um, uh, the no like, and trust, and it helps build that trust. I also think it's really important um, as we have online businesses, um, uh, as they grow, we have our own referral tree, Right. And these are people that like you, uh, Melody was saying that we know what their business is. We know what kind of work they've done. We may have partnered before um, or helped each other out in some way. And that becomes your, you know, your go to referral tree. And and those testimonials will help um, your own reputation as you continue to refer out. And, And as you're talking, I feel like I need to share the story of we met because we were both connected on the Wiser, which is now the GetWise platform. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is a great transition into the referrals part of the conversation, but you found me on the platform, reached out, said, we're both here, let's meet. And um, I and we haven't even known each other that long. I'm, I'm thinking like six, eight months, but because we came together, on a platform that we were both involved with, that was already the first common ground. And I know you have recommended me to speak at places. I think I've recommended you elsewhere. If I haven't, let me know and I will start doing more of that. But it's all a matter of of creating these, these common interest bonds so then you can refer people that you know, like, and trust. Yeah. And yeah. find those uh, quadruple wins. Yeah. Just a, I definitely have recommended you to many people. So <laughs> I'm like, you're everywhere right now. You're the IACC and you're, you came on with my, um, my coaching program and I've recommended you, um, somewhere else, but, and I know that you're going to do Dwen, uh, the, uh, empower hour, which is going to be amazing as well, but, um, it does have that snowball effect, right. Um, and, and those referrals, um, also help build our own reputation as Wanda was talking before, right? It's her reputation and making those referrals and that no like, and trust, you want to be very, you know, careful about who you're recommending and for what purpose. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and one thing I like to do when I do these shows is I'm like, okay, who needs to know each other? And that's one of the factors that, that I take into consideration when I find these 
these dribble pairings for the conversation. So, um, Wanda. Yes. I know that, well, you're all about the follow-up and you're also all about the referral because I've also gotten some wonderful intros from you as well. Um, what drives the, your awesome um, referral engine that is you? Well, I think when I refer, I add value and that makes me feel, I love it. So, you know, if somebody's brought me in to speak and it was a great experience, of course, you know, I express my appreciation for the opportunity, but I can go a step further and recommend a, another speaker such as yourself and organizers love it, you know, because their job is to look, find speakers. And when they get recommended a great speaker and they didn't have to do anything to find that person. It's just a win. Talk about the triple win just all the way around. I love it. It, it just really lights my fire. And it's nice as a speaker that you didn't have to go out and look for that organization. And a lot of times there's so many groups that we would never even know about had somebody not recommended because you couldn't find them on the internet or, you know, there's a lot of groups that you can there's groups that you that they're tough to find. And so that's fun too. I love it. it it's just, it's a, an added value and it's easy. It's, it's not hard for me to do. And why not? Why not help and support? And as an added bonus, it's a, a hey, remember me. Isn't that like the bonus of sending referrals to people? Yeah. I mean, I don't, that doesn't enter my mind at all, but it has, I have referred and an organizer will say, Oh, great. Thanks so much. Hey, I want to bring you back. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, that, that was a surprise. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and when you do things like that, when you're giving forward or paying it forward or whatever phrase we want to use, um, it's nice when you get one of those out of the blue replies, but I think it also goes back to what you were saying before it's intent. You want to help the organizers, but you're also helping the person you're introducing. So looking to make those connections on behalf of other people. Yeah. And probably the reason that I like me possibly getting something else out of it doesn't enter my mind is because typically groups, they don't bring you back for at least two years, you know? And so that's probably why that's not on the forefront of my mind. Um, <laughs> But I, I just, I love it. I love referring. But again, I have to be very confident in who I'm referring. Um, otherwise, I won't do it. Because it's your reputation. People trust you. You give someone that's not a game, then they're going to look at you funny. So always try to bring the people who have an A game. Yeah, I referred one speaker and we had just started a relationship in I was talking to her. She said, oh, yeah, you sent me a referral, didn't you, a couple of days ago? I, I, I'll make sure I follow up with it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, not impressed. <laughs> you know, it made me really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It did. You know, when you get a referral, you need to act immediately on it. That's my opinion. If I get a referral, I'm not going to sit on it. You know, uh, somebody out there is promoting me. I, I want to. Anyway, so, I, yeah, <laughs> I said, okay. Yeah, how's that soapbox? <laughs> because a referral can be gold. Yes. Yeah. So, Melody, you've been quiet. 
What it, what it, <laughs> yeah, what, no, what, I love this. Uh, uh, what, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, please. Yeah, so I, I think I would love to ask you, Deb, uh, and any of the other speakers, if there's ever been a time, like you were saying, Wanda, when you've uh, maybe had an introduction that didn't really work out and then it just it just turned sour. Um, and if so, what was the result of that? And then what would you have done differently in that situation? And uh, I'm going to answer my own question. <laughs> so. Um, I had uh, agreed to be a speaker at a summit, and I will not mention the name of the summit, but I was I was asked to speak. I was very excited about this. And uh, as I was in the planning process of this, just there were some things that were just less than ideal, just the organization felt really just rushed. It didn't feel, you know, as prepared as some of the other events virtually that I've participated in. I thought, oh, okay, it's okay. You know, they'll, they'll pull it together in the end. I'm sure it'll be just fine. Well, I should have really listened to my gut instinct, which was saying, no, this is not a good, you know, situation. And what ended up resulting is the summit actually got canceled because of some drama. And uh, I won't go into the details of what that happened with that. However, you know, when I had begun the promotional period, I had promoted it a few places on social media. And then it looks really poor on me now because I had promoted an event that eventually became canceled. And then there was some other drama related to that organization. And so I thought I actually posted and like basically apologize to my, you know, people who had seen me post just a few times about it saying, you know, why I decided, you know, why this event was no longer happening and, you know, kind of shared my personal feelings about it. Luckily, I did not promote that event as, you know, hard as I normally do, just because I had a couple of events that were happening similar time frame, And so, you know, that really just made, re reminded me, you know, to really just evaluate the partnerships that I accept and which ones I will not accept. And also look at the company's mission and their values and do my due diligence of really researching and company beforehand. Um, I just had, again, I had thought with the best of intentions, I always try to think of everyone and other organizations that they are going to put the best foot forward. And it was unfortunately a situation where a referral to an event did not really come through in the, in the way that I wanted it to. And so good news for me, that will not happen again. <laughs> so that is just my quick story on referrals that went sour. So definitely don't want anyone else to experience that. So in, in this other common theme that I'm hearing from all of you, so it's not just about referrals and recommendations, it's also reputation. Mm -hmm. And that is really the key to um, being good at all the above. Mm -hmm. I always found that if something seems like a red flag, it probably is a red flag. And I do have a story, but... I would much rather see if Wanda or Laura has one as well. Have you ever had, we'll just call it because your question was very specific. Um, do you have a recommendation or referral horror story? Easier question. I, I don't know that it was a horror story. I went against my gut. And, you know, summits are all the rage, okay? And and I, I speak a lot and have for years and years and years. And summits don't appeal to me. Just the whole concept doesn't appeal to me. And I've never done one. I, I mean, I think I'm probably the only speaker on the planet 
until I got a referral. And it, she was doing a summit and I'm like, oh, I, it just doesn't appeal to me. And I did. I said yes. And let me tell you, it was like it. there was nothing that went wrong with it, per se. But I just it was really hard for me because I I just don't like the format. And there was just so many pieces to it. And it was just a lot. And I thought, why did I why did I say yes? And then there ended up, there wasn't that many people there at all. So it took so much time. You know, they want you in the room. They want you there for as much of the three days as you can be and on and on and on. And um, I said, well, good lesson learned. But the le bigger lesson was don't go against my gut. And it's hard because people can look, you, you don't do summits. You know, when, when everybody's doing it, you feel like, well, you, What's wrong with me? I should do it because everyone's doing it. And and it's like, no. So it didn't go sour. It was my own issue. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. If it makes you feel any better. Um, I did a lot at the beginning of the pandemic and I pulled away for very similar reasons because it's a lot of information. And my big thing is now I'm resurrecting my email list because it's time. Um, but one thing that I started, one thing with the summits is they want you to email your people. Yeah. I put my email list on hiatus in fall of 2020 because I was getting so bombarded. I never wanted someone to get an email from me and go, oh my goodness, not another email from Deb. So for that reason alone um, is good enough reason for me not to do summits. But it's, uh, there's so much out there. You tried it. I'm going to give you permission. You tried it. It didn't work. Yeah. You validated this yeah. theory. Move on. And yeah. a big thing that I talk about is, um, and it's what I'm talking about at Dwen on Wednesday, is how to get the most out of events. A part of it is seeing what events are right for you and do more of what works and stop doing what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I'm sure, and I'd love to hear if Laura's got a, I went against my gut story to just kind of complete this package. Oh. <laughs> I think we all have at some point, mm -hmm. right? We've all made a recommendation, um, or we referred somebody to somebody or referred somebody to something, right? Um, and we didn't follow our gut. And that's definitely happened on multiple occasions, um, which is why, like what Wanda was saying, that it's, I think we all agree, this is reputation based, right? At the core of referrals and recommendations, it is your reputation that you're putting on the line. Um, and yes, I've definitely made recommendations um, and knowing, knowing I probably should have given that person an opportunity to, to de decide if they wanted that recommendation or that referral. Um, that was probably my knowing that. So in w my world, I, pro I probably should have picked up the phone and said, Hey, wanted to introduce you to so-and-so before you, you know, before I make the introduction, I wanted to give you a little bit of context and background and would this be okay? Um, and I didn't, you know, short of time just went and, um, and it backfired. And, um, and it was one of those people that were, um, trying to sell, 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 sell. And it just didn't feel good. And it was the wrong match. I think we've all done that before. Um, and, and you, and a gut check is, you know, at the core of it, you know, and it's whether you listen to that gut check or not, you know, you listen to it. 
Yes. And gut is so important when it comes to referrals and recommendations because you want to make the right matches. And sometimes you won't, but I think that's okay. Um, we're all human, apparently. I've heard this. Uh, and uh, anything else to add to this, Wanda or Melody, before I jump into a question that I've, I've been just really excited to ask? I, I do one thing, and that's just, again, going back to what everyone has been saying so well is trust your gut. Secondly, is to review what works and what doesn't. And part of that is actually looking at your metrics. And so, Deb, you were saying, I ignored my email list. I don't want to bombard them. I want to make good recommendations so that people can decide ultimately how to work best with me or get referred to the right person. And so I think when I'm looking at metrics, it's important to see what are your goals surrounded specifically. So one of those things for, for one of my clients has been, let's actually generate leads for his site, his membership site through your email list. And so we reviewed actually like his email list actually increased 11% um, growth. And that actually converted into an increase of $1,000 per month in recurring revenue. And that was because not only just through emails, but it's through the targeted content marketing and the messages that were created. So tracking those specific goals, what was actually working. So like that could be in a summit that might be, hey, if you if summits are not the right thing, maybe you were at an in-person conference, how many leads did that actually generate for you? From the goal that you had in place, how many of those leads actually converted into a discovery call or an application? And then deciding, okay, well, let's actually look at this. Is this on par with what I normally achieve during this period of time? Is this lower or is this higher? If it's higher, that's great. If it's lower, why is that? Could have been a market thing, could have been a seasonal thing. It could have been a multitude of different factors. And so if we look at retail establishments, they do a really good job tracking these metrics. Like Claire's, for example, when I was in college, I saw Claire's would track foot traffic. So if we're looking at as a business owner, we need to start looking at those metrics. What metrics do we need to track that actually convert into sales and revenue? Or alternatively, what's not working and how do we actually adjust those goals for our business? And I think you kind of dripped into what my next question is. So I will let you answer that that first. But what I'd lo love to know is what systems you have in place for you personally for referrals. Okay, great. <laughs> so I use a, a system specifically for my type of business, which may or may not apply for all business models. And that's specifically um, for affiliate or referral programs. I use a system called Thrivecart, which has automated the entire referral program enrollment process. And so the onboarding is completely automated. It's uh, trackable. There's special links that get generated. And then secondly, I also use manual follow-up. And so I set aside time on my calendar to actually follow up with people like, you know, the, the beauty of what Wanda does. Uh, so I actually set aside time. If I've scheduled coffee chats or I've gone to conferences, I actually go back to my calendar, set that aside, and then just do manual emails. I have a whole template. And I also have a referral affiliate program packet, which I actually follow up with people that specifically allows them to see exactly what my offers are, the commission referral income that they can earn, as well as additional templates like email introduction templates so that people can actually copy paste it into their email so you can make it easy for referral partners to make that introduction and so that it is a good fit because referrals are some of the warmest audience members that I have to my services and to my membership. Nice. 
uh, and Wanda, what what do you have in place? And before you even answer, if you haven't done Wanda's workshop on follow-up sales strategies, and I will put the link in the recap, it is so worth your time. Now you can answer. Okay, thank you. Um, I don't have a formal referral program or affiliate program. However, I do have a system where I consistently stay in touch with the people that are important to me. And I ask for a referral once a year from everybody that I stay in touch with. So I am continuously asking for referrals. Yeah, nice. it's part of my practice. You know, it's what I call your gold mine and, and everyone's sitting on a huge gold mine and it will generate more business for you. You know, you don't have to go out and get every new lead prospect client on your own. So it's spending time with relationships you already have. And that's where I go for my referrals. And I know you love CRMs, right? Do you oh, have, a, yeah. will, you, will you riff on that for a moment about why they're so important? Yeah. So if you're consistently staying in touch with somebody, how do you, how do you stay on top of it? If you're having to follow up for the fifth time with a prospect, how do you, how are you staying on top of it? And that's what a CRM does. It's, it's, um, it houses your relationships and it house, it manages the systems that you have in place that keep you on top of follow-up and relationship management. Wonderful. And do you have a favorite? I can't remember. Well, I wish I could say this is the one for all, but you know, we're different and we have different needs. And, and so I use a program called Less Annoying. It's a funny name, uh, but um, I'm an affiliate. If you want to look into it, use my name, you'll get a extra free trial period. But there's hundreds out there, you know, Pipedrive, HubSpot, Zoho, you know, those are some good ones. Um, but yeah, there's many, many out there to choose from. Okay. And if you have any links that you want to share with me to put in the recap on Tuesday, the recap will be up. And if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you will get the recap and read the links and watch the replay to this and my previous episodes. So that would be awesome. Um, so Laura, what system do you use? Yeah. So um, from a business perspective, a similar to um, uh, to both Melody and Wanda, I set aside time to make sure that I follow up with the people that I've networked with, um, whether it be online or um, or through through any program that I'm affiliated with. Um, for my clients, um, you know, one I from a LinkedIn perspective, part of their part of their initial LinkedIn uh, rebranding is to make sure that they have five recommendations and given five recommendations from both men and women, um, people that have reported to them and or people um, that they reported to. Um, when it comes to interviewing and when it comes to getting an interview, I have them go to somebody that. Um, that uh, may have a bigger title or somebody that they have reported to in the past and or a friend that they know um, and make that recommendation to a hiring manager. So going in and saying, Deborah, can you do me a favor? Can I want you to call Wanda and tell Wanda, like, I know you have this opening. Here's some information about me. And then um, and then open yourself up for that Wanda to give you a call back. 
this is like a really specific technique that we use in referrals to create the, and open the opportunity, open up that opportunity. So it's really specific to interviewing, but it's, um, it's layering on the referral process. Okay. I, and so for, I'm going to make it general yep. because I see how this can work. Let's say uh, Melody has a LinkedIn live audio show, which I know that she does. Um, if you know somebody, or if you want to be on Melody's live show, you say, Hey, Deb, I think I'd be the perfect guest for Melody's show. Would you do an introduction? Correct. So like that, but with hiring managers. Correct. And, or maybe it's not Melody that you don't have a relationship with or at all. It could be somebody um, on a different, on a different channel. Okay. So it's look for the links to the things that you want and ask for those referrals. And yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's a good system. And when you were talking about having five testimonials, did you say five for men and five for women on each profile? Did I, um, right? I, I think five in general, five given, five received, and then a mixture of both men and women. And for anyone in leadership, you're going to have to show a lot of diversity in your recommendations for the people that you have, have reported to you, as well as your colleagues and your circle of influence. Okay. So it's not just about um, getting them on your profile, but looking for other places to make those connections as yeah. well. Correct. Because if I give uh, a recommendation for someone that I worked with, forever ago. Um, it's going to show up on my profile, which is good for me, but it will also show up on their profile. Is that the value? That is a hundred percent correct. So the more recommendations you give is free marketing for yourself. You live on somebody else's LinkedIn page, or you might live on their website um, by giving those testimonials. Um, again, it's more branding that's continuing to spread those tentacles out, but it is a, a it is a permanent record unless they deleted their profile. So you would live on somebody else's page forever. forever. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's a nice, unique way to show yourself, for lack of a better word. Okay, before we go into, I can't believe how quickly the time has flown. Um, any other unique thoughts about doing referrals and or recommendations? Melody. Yes, I have one. Um, so one of the interesting things about my line of work, which, which is really just tracking web presence and, and social media, is to use um, a tool which allows you to um, attribute um, your specific referral uh, for example, for instance, specifically related to web traffic. So like, let's say you have a lead magnet if you're a business owner, and then you can actually create a way that's going to track where did that quote web traffic referral come from? Did it come from a partner? Did it come from your YouTube account? Did it come from Instagram? So actually tracking those metrics of as a business owner, where are we getting our traffic from? What's our top quote refer of traffic? And so recently I actually had a, a colleague, a referral partner post a uh, social media post and share it from my social media Facebook page. And then I was able to attribute 
about 100 new subscribers specifically from her referred social media posts. So that's really great. And then some people actually generated, uh, you know, came through and purchased some different products that I have. And so now I can attribute that sale directly back to her and then she'll get a kickback. So it's really just finding ways that you can track that web traffic if that's the type of business model that you have. So another thought about referrals. Now, do you do that through Thrivecart or do you use a different type of link, uh, Schwartner? Um, it it is there. That is one possible solution is to use something like Thrivecart. Um, but there is a lot of different tools and links that people use um, when it comes to actually generating a specific link. So you could use like Bitly. Um, there's there's a couple of different tools out there and I have to actually find the one that I'm thinking of specifically, which tracks web links and you can create custom um, links which will track which referral source it's from. So like if you wanted to make things simple, you could actually create a special link that says, you know, podcast or Facebook ads or a LinkedIn post. So then you can track how many link clicks did I get from those link clicks, which, you know, how many subscribers did I get? So I can see my top referred source. So I'll have to come back to you and tell you which which tool I'm thinking of because it's escaping me at this present time. And totally fine. Just shoot me an email and I will put it in the recap. Um, Wanda, something unique, fun you want to add to this? I just say consist, ask ask for referrals. It's great when they show up and land in your lap. I think that's the best gift business has to give. But ask proactively and consistently ask for referrals. You know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Aren't you? Right. And and if you think about it, in a way you're doing them a favor. Right? Because if you need something, people are always wanting to um to get out there. And by saying, hey, do you happen to know someone who does this? Mm-hmm. It makes everybody feel good when you make those connections. Yeah. Yes. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation, but we cannot wrap up without gifting a goal to our viewers. So what is something someone could do today, tonight, tomorrow to get more referral, get or give more referrals and recommendations? Uh, Wanda, do you have a goal? to gift? Well, I, it's along the lines of what I just said, you know, maybe for the next week, give and ask for one referral a day. So you're asking for a referral and you're going to give a recommendation or a referral one or the other. Okay. Or both. So do five gives and five asks. Right. That's what I mean. But what I meant was um, one, you're going to give a referral or give a recommendation. That's one or the other. So you're going to give and you're going to ask. Ask. Great. And you could do them all at once or you could do five a week, one a day. It's up to you. We like to make it easy. Goal setting simplified for everybody. That's wonderful. And Laura, what what goal would you like to gift? You know, I'm going to go back to LinkedIn um, so, because um, waking up in the morning and having a recommendation 
that it on your LinkedIn and now the way that LinkedIn, it will come to you and you have to approve it before it gets um, posted publicly to wake up uh, and to have a wonderful recommendation as this, just this gift of kindness um, if to just to give one five um, uh, just to the, you know, a random act of kindness um, give that gift because you will, it will open up doors. It will open up conversations. It will, it will spark um, uh, your networking and your continued, your continuing your, your recommendations and your referrals. And that's the big part of the networking piece. Awesome. Okay. We're going to give you another, I, I love that. So give a LinkedIn testimonial and think of it as a random act of kindness. Yeah. So I, I think that's a wonderful perspective. And Melody, what goal would you like to gift? I would love to have um, people look back at their metrics and see where their top referral source is to have a goal to review what that metric looks like. Where's the top referral? It could be a past client. It could be a past referral partner. And then also... Uh, asking that person, how can I help you also? Just like everyone was saying, give and take. It's a good relationship builder, not always to be taking, but also to be giving. Um, and then creating a new goal based off of your metrics. If you saw that your top referral source was something other than what you actually thought it was, creating some new goals around how do I get more of that? What's leveraging the thing that's working and how can I decrease some activities that maybe isn't returning as much as I had hoped or I had thought. Got it. So you want to, I, so it's a two-part goal. You yeah. see where the top ones are coming from and, and do a, see how you could do a kindness for that person and then do a reassessment about what you're doing and see what fun, sparkling new thing you can do to really amp up your referrals and recommendations, giving and or receiving, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This has been such a fun conversation. Friends, please tell people where they can find you. Wanda? You can find me on my website at com. Okay. Your sound went off, um, but it's followupsalesstrategies.com to learn more about Wanda. Yes. Okay. And Melody, where can people find you? You can find me at www.thecourseconsultant.com. And I would love to have you over there and hang out. Excellent. And Laura, yeah. where can people find you? Yeah. At, you can find me on my website at um, meredithconsultingllc.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Well, and when I put out the recap, I will put your websites, but I also will put your LinkedIn uh, links as well. And as I mentioned before, I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can learn more about me at thedebmethod.com slash goals. Um, and if you want to reboot those goals, you grab a copy of your goal guide, Roadmap for Setting, Planning, and Achieving Your Goals at your favorite place to buy books. Uh, well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I thank you all so much for joining me. And audience, it, whether you're watching live or the replay or you're listening, um, good for you for choosing yourself and your goals. So we're thrilled to have you here. What bit of final wisdom 
do you have to share today? Laura, do you have a final thought? Just remember that your um, referrals are your, your um, reputation. So true. And Melody? Um, referrals are some of the warmest folks in your world handled with care. <laughs> I can tell you just love your referral partners. I do. I want to gush all over you, send you lots of love. Wonderful. And Wanda? Uh, referrals is another way to invest in your relationships and take care of them. It's not just about doing the referrals, but even referring people to people with whom you can refer, because it's about building that very strong network, going back to, to the theme of this month and always, um, you can't reach your goals on your own. And the more relationships you have, the more relationship you have, the more people you know, the more you can elevate each other. So when you go out in the world with that in mind, looking for all these quadruple wins, everybody benefits. So thank you again, Wanda Allen, Melody Johnson, and Laura Leach for joining me. And thank you all, audience, for tuning in. Um, I'm excited for all the referrals and recommendations you're going to give and get. Um, you have your goals. So go on the, out there and go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.